This is the One Thing Podcast, where we teach you the surprisingly simple truth behind extraordinary results. My name is Jeff Woods. I'm the vice president here at the One Thing team. In the last episode, you got to hear a conversation that I had with one of you. Tammy Duncan. She's one of our founding members. She's been working closely with us over the last few months to help us create this membership platform. We got on the phone to have a conversation uh, just to add value to her. And, and she was really struggling with putting herself first and having more free time. So if you missed that episode, that was a really good one. I liked it a lot and enough that I felt that we had to share it with you guys. So go back and listen to episode 48. In this episode, we're doing another sharing because sharing is caring, people. I was honored to be featured on the Access to Anyone podcast uh, by two friends, Michael Roderick and Michael Shine. It's a, it's a podcast about forming true relationships. The reason that they reached out to me is because if you've heard uh, episode zero, episode one of this of the One Thing podcast, uh, I've told you my story. It all started when I heard that Jim Rohn quote that you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. And I'll ask you right now, who are your five? Who are the five people that you actually spend the most time with? And are those five already where you want to be? For most people, the answer is no. And for most people, we realize that uh, we need to upgrade our five. We would accomplish our goals a lot faster. We would be a lot more successful. We'd have more free time. We'd have more co- We'd have a more rich life if we could simply get guidance from people who have already achieved what we want to achieve. Yet this begs the question, how do I find a mentor? How do I improve my networking in business? It all comes down to building real relationships with people. That's why before ever moving to Austin to start this company with Gary and Jay, I started a podcast called The Mentee where I was the mentee and I was recording conversations with my private mentors, documenting the journey of hopefully going from employee to entrepreneur. It's a podcast all about finding mentorship. And that podcast is one of the main reasons that I am now in business with Gary and Jay. So if that is of interest to you, that subject matter, you can check out The Mentee and you can also check out Access to Anyone. And this episode you're going to hear right here is a conversation that we had on their podcast. As I listen back to it, I realize, you know what? Enough of you, specifically enough of the founding members have asked, how do I find a mentor that uh, I wanted to share it with you as well? Because it just, I know it'll bring value to you. And since we respect your time, I know many of you have probably already heard my story of being in medical sales and the income slash and hearing the Jim Rohn quote. If you have already heard that, you can fast forward the first three minutes of this interview with Michael and Michael because they asked me the story. I went through it. If you want to fast forward through that period, uh, totally cool. So that way you can get into the meat of the content. So with that, let's get into the interview that I did for the Access to Anyone podcast with Michael Roderick and Michael Shine. Eating healthy is an investment. It's an investment in yourself, but it also often requires an investment of your time. But good news is, Factor has delicious ready-to-eat meals that are ever fresh and never frozen. They're chef-created, dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. With Factor, you can choose from a weekly menu of up to 35 options, including popular things like Calorie Smart or Keto Direction or Protein Plus or Vegan and Veggie. Also discover 60 more add-ons every week like breakfast on the go, lunch snacks, beverages to help you stay fueled, feel good all day. 
And we know our listeners here at The One Thing are focused on health and health goals. That's why we choose to partner with Factor. And if you visit factormeals.com slash 150 and use code 150, you can get 50% off your first month plus 20% off your next month. Again, that's factormeals.com slash ONE50 and use code ONE50 to get 50% off your first month plus 20% off your next month. I am very excited to be here today with Jeff Woods. Jeff and I have gotten to know each other in a lot of different ways. I was interviewed by you at one point, and we've had a couple of video exchanges and all sorts of fun stuff. And you have quite the background. You've been in a lot of different areas. So what I'd love to do is just get a little bit of a picture of what your life is like and what you're up to now. Sure, sure. So... Do you want me to start from present and then how I got here or start at the beginning and get to where we are today? Why don't you start from uh, beginning and get to where we are today? Cool. So I was in medical device sales, which was awesome job. Uh, you know, work from home, war scrubs every day, try to get my wife to call me McDreamy, all good. <laughs> but deep down, I, I think a lot of people can resonate with this. You wake up and you're not feeling like you're living your passion. Things may be good, but you're not truly fulfilled. A big part of that for me was because I always knew I wanted to be a business owner. I wanted to build a really big business that made a massive impact and delivered real security for my family. But here I am, I've got these golden handcuffs on. I've got a cushy job. I don't have a compelling reason to make a change. And uh, two, two things happened in my life that forced me to make that change. First was a colleague of mine had a stroke. He was 35 years old at the time, which was a massive shock because my wife and I had just had our first child. We had just bought a house. I've got real responsibilities. And she's a stay-at-home mom. I'm thinking if something happens to me, it would be very disruptive for my family. And the very next week, my company makes a change to my commission structure. And overnight, my income gets slashed by 40%. So those two things back-to-back made me realize like I wasn't in control. Which when you feel like you're not in control of your life, very unsettling. It was at that time that I heard this Jim Rohn quote that I know you guys both know, which is, you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. And I think that's where this podcast just makes so much sense. I looked at my five and asked the question, how many of the people that I spend time with own a massive business that makes a massive impact in the world and delivers real security for their family? The answer was zero. That was a problem. So I just I simply set out to upgrade my five to to surround myself with the right mentors and really fast tapped into a pretty powerful vein of people. I started my first podcast called The Mentee to just record the conversations I was having with these mentors and hopefully through just listening, the listeners would get mentored from them as well. I turned that into a six-figure business in about a year. And ultimately, that created an opportunity to quit my day job to then move to Austin, Texas to move to partner with Gary Keller, who started Keller Williams, the real estate company, and his co-author, Jay Papazan. They wrote the book, The One Thing Together, which is the highest greatest business book of all time. And now I run that company. Well, I want to spend a lot of time over the course of this podcast for for selfish reasons, as much as for the listeners, finding out how you did all that. So that's a little trick I have. I, I use this podcast to steal ideas from smart people. But, yeah. but, but before we do that, I'm really curious just philosophically about this, about the quote you mentioned, because I've heard it a lot. And I think there's a lot to it. And I've also struggled with it. And I'll tell you why. And, and I'm hoping you can shed some light on this, because sometimes I realize that the people in my life who I didn't really seek out because of 
whatever that is, their the kind of business they have, their income, whatever, add a lot of surprising value to my life. I mean, I'll give you an example. There's a guy building, he just finished building my porch. Best carpenter we've ever had. And we started talking about meditation and I had been interested in it for a long time. And he had practiced it for a really long time. And he was just really interesting, really thoughtful guy. He teaches meditation. I started studying it with him and it's been a big impact on me in even a short period of time. I found out later though, the guy, you know, he went to Harvard, he went to MIT, he left science to build furniture because he thought it, you know, was more meaningful to him. But if I had sought someone out for my personal enrichment or whatever, I would have never, I would have had preconceptions that might, might have kept me. So at the same time, I know how important it is to have the right network. That's what this show is about. So how do you juggle right. that? I mean, am I missing the mark entirely? I, I, I you, you're, this. you're not, but it's, 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 it's just fine tuning. And this is where a mentor shared with me. This was one of the first most powerful lessons that I got when I surrounded myself with the right people. I had to be more interested than interesting. I had to be more genuinely interested in the people who were around me than trying to get the right people to think that I was interesting. Mm -hmm. And what I'm hearing you say is that you were interested in your carpenter. Right. You took an interest in him. You dove deep and you ended up discovering a diamond in the rough. Mm -hmm. A lot of people, when they think of uh, finding the right mentor, like <laughs> Warren Buffett, that's it. That guy, he's going to be my mentor. Okay, love that you have high standards and high goals for your life. Good luck. But you, what you may not realize is that a very uh, a person who has a great perspective on long-term investing and investing in only things that you know, you may already be in relationship with and they can uh -huh. add value to you. But because they drive a beat-up car, because they're not flashy, because they don't have the notoriety, you may be overlooking them. That makes sense. Yeah. So I, sense. yeah. Yeah, so I love that point because I can't tell you the number of times, even in Broadway, where the person who was the least flashy was, in many cases, the biggest investor in the you know in the project. And you know, there's there's a lot of this there's a lot of this aspect I think out there specifically in the entrepreneurial world of people kind of worshiping certain categories of people and then dismissing others. And I certainly have been dismissed in the past because I, you know, didn't have as large of a mailing list or or whatever the scenario was. And then, you know, coincidentally we would meet that person at a dinner a couple weeks later and they'd be like, oh my God, I can't believe I completely ignored you. Sort of uh, you know, sort of scenario. But what I would love to get into, because I think a lot of people struggle with this, is how you got started in reaching out to those significantly higher level mentors because they weren't part of your universe. You had said yourself, you started from zero. And sure. I think that there are a lot of people who they start from zero and they start to, and they get concerned that there's pretty much no way that I can reach out, but you've obviously done it. So sure. what would you say to somebody who is at that starting place and what was your process in making that happen for yourself? So, so there's two avenues we need to go down and just remind me to go down the second avenue. When I first got clarity that I needed to upgrade my five, I wanted to get into real estate investing very specifically as a business. So if I want to get into real estate investing, who do I need to surround myself with? Real estate investors. Real estate investors. <laughs> okay. We're, we're on the same path. Uh, so I don't know any. Where can I go meet some? So I, I went to this website. It was amazing. It's, it's spelled G-O-O-G-L-E. <laughs> 
and and I typed in real estate investing clubs in Orange County, California, mm. and up popped the list. I then put them on my calendar and and got in my car and went. Okay, so everybody can follow this so far. When I am in that meeting, you got everybody who's handing their business cards out. You can tell everybody's showing up looking to get instead of looking to give. We'll touch on that a little bit later. I just, I, I just wanted to form good relationships with people. I just wanted to be a sponge. And I remember the guy uh, is about to kick the meeting off and he says, Hey, everybody, thanks for coming. Oh, before we begin. And then he just throws this name out there and says, Google it and moves on. Hmm. And I'm like, I whip out my iPad. I immediately Google it. I take action. And while I'm waiting for the page to load, I'm looking around. Nobody wrote it down. Nobody else is looking it up on their phone or their iPad. That's just, that shocked me. I'm like, this, this guy just gave us a nugget. I don't know what it is. And I end up seeing this webpage for this, this mastermind of really high-end people that come together with one purpose, to enrich each other's lives. Application only. So let's go back to that more interested than interesting. I was more interested in what he said than trying to be interesting to everybody else around me. I go and I apply for this thing. I have a great call. They say, we'd love to have you. I ask where they are. They say, San Diego, so I'm going to be there next week. Can we meet face to face? And I sit down in front of this guy who I perceive to be a quote, heavy hitter. This is my first heavy hitter that I'm sitting in front of. And I am very nervous. What surprised me was the first question out of his mouth is, how can I help you? Hmm. And I kind of just nervously blurted out, I'm looking to get into real estate investing and I'm looking to surround myself with successful real estate investors. The guy just sat back in his chair and started rocking back and forth. And he says, you know what? Come to my house tomorrow. I'm having a party. It's pretty exclusive, but I, there's somebody you need to meet there. This blows me away. I'm just meeting this guy. I put him on a pedestal. He's inviting me to his house. Why is that? Why is he adding value to me? Well, I go. I end up meeting this guy, Dave. Turns out Dave ends up doing like 10,000 transactions over his career in real estate. And he takes me under his wing and you know, opportunity to become partner in commercial assets and stuff like that comes around. Here's why I share this. Step one, I was more interested in following the breadcrumbs than just setting my mind to a set path of, I need to meet these people. I need to get their business card. They need to give me something. There are breadcrumbs in front of every single one of you every single day. You're just not interested enough to pick them up and follow the trail. <laughs> that really matters. Now let's get more tactical. What, how do you actually get in front of these people? Follow the breadcrumbs. You end up in front of these people. I think the worst thing you can do is go up to somebody and ask to take them the coffee so you can pick their brain. <laughs> I 100% agree. <laughs> because what you're saying is you're successful. I want to be successful. Will you give me your most valuable resource, your time for free? That is not a compelling value proposition. What shocked me most when I started running with these guys is every single room they were in, they showed up looking to give instead of looking to get. They always came from adding value. And Michael, like in our inter early interactions, this was something that you and I, we realized two peas in a pod. It was like, how can I add value to you? And I was like, no, 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 Michael. How can I add value to you first, Jeff? How can I add value to you? <laughs> like, like, we just get it. Yeah. In order to, you have to give in order to receive. And when you start approaching people honestly interested in them, where they're struggling, and legitimately just trying to find ways to bring value to them, everything else falls into place. So I think this is such great advice and, um, I, you know, especially that the idea of following the breadcrumbs, I mean, I'm such a believer in serendipity, but you have to kind of be that clue hunter, right? So I guess what I'm interested in, and this is where I start to extract value from you, sorry. <laughs> no. 
I really want to know how, you know, let me frame this differently. There's a movement now of people who are starting to get this. Not everybody, but not Mm -hmm. the breadcrumbs piece, but the give and not get. You know, it took a long time, but, you know, there have been books like Adam Grant's book, Give and Take, I believe it was called, Mm -hmm. and things like that. That being said, and I feel like that's an absolute must. That being said, it's not everybody who's able to turn a blogging venture into a six-figure business. That was the business that you were talking about, right? Yeah. And part of that, I'm sure, is sheer talent and hard work. But once you have that level of the right attitude of giving instead of taking and that sort of thing, do you have any general tips of what you can add on top of that? And the reason I ask is I think a lot of people are out there ever since Malcolm Gladwell said, be a connector that are out there giving and, you know, doing this connecting thing. And then they get really frustrated when they don't reap the rewards. You know what I mean? Well, it's because it, they think that they give and therefore they're entitled okay. to something. You I, And Gary Vaynerchuk does a really good ch- talking about this. It's, it's give, 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 ask. Right. Not give, 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 take. Right. You know, you you give value and it's okay. You make those deposits in the relationship bank account and it's okay to ask for a favor. It's okay to ask for help. The, I think where people go wrong is they expect it. They feel entitled to it. Right. And they're looking too much on a micro level of, I invested in that person, he owes me, versus saying, I'm going to be the type of person who every day when I meet a person in my bones, I am wondering, how can I bring value to people as a whole? Right. When you become that person that you look at the macro scale, good things come back to you awesome. in space. Yeah. I, I think that's such a such an important point because you you do meet a lot of people who they're very they're they're very bitter and you know they're like oh well I did all this stuff for this person and and nothing ever you know nothing ever happened for me and in so many cases it's like well you didn't actually give a gift you you made a transaction you just didn't tell them that it was a transaction right you were sort of in that you know. place. So as you know, I'm, I'm fascinated with the idea of the ask and, and how we go and how we go about it. So what I'd love to hear from your end is what have you found has been actually effective in your life in asking? And what do you feel has been completely ineffective, both from people asking you for things and also you going out there and asking? This is where it is so counterintuitive. What most people People think of when they think of they ask is, or at least for me in my experience, I thought that I had to appear as confident, that I had to appear as worthy in order to make the ask. When most people do that, they they, they stand up straight or they puff their chest out. They they try to spit off their resume of I do so so and so, like to try to impress the person to try to get them to be interested in them. And the person ends up just like, who the heck are you? Get away from me! I don't like you. I didn't know this before. I kind of stumbled in this as, as I look back after taking action that I realized I did something different. And I was, I was in this mastermind. There's a guy speaking about you know, just incredible levels of success, running Fortune 500 companies, you know, wealth you can, most people can never even imagine, and then almost losing it all. And this is when he really got me. Because he's talking about how he hits rock bottom. He almost goes bankrupt. He almost loses his wife, his kids, all the things that matter most to him because he lost his gratitude and his empathy. He lost his way. Mm. And then he rebuilt himself to levels he had never experienced before in his life. And so this is right when I'm at that crossroads where I'm going, I need to find somebody who knows what it means to break through. And here's this guy like 10 feet away from me. 
But then of the, the, all the limiting beliefs seep into my head, what could I possibly say to this guy that would make him interested in me? Why would he talk to me? What could I possibly give him that would make it worth his time? But he stopped speaking and I realized I've got a matter of seconds before everybody else in the room is trying to corner him. And so my body just gets up and starts moving left foot, right foot, left foot, right foot. And all of a sudden I'm standing right in front of him. His eyes meet mine and I realize, oh crap, I have to say something. (laughs) In that moment when my natural inclination was to just spit off my resume and try to make him interested in me, something happened. I just relaxed and everything melted away. My ego... And I got real vulnerable. And I said, Dave, first and foremost, thank you. I didn't know who you were before this, but what you just shared with me is exactly the message that I needed to hear. I've been going through a real rough transition in my life where I've just been so lost seeking that beacon of light. And for the first time, I see it and it's because of you. So thank you. I don't know what I can possibly do to bring value to you But if you would be willing to invest 15 minutes with me, not only do I promise that I will take action, I will find a way to bring value into your world. How can we make this happen? Hmm. Now, let me, I'm going to turn the tables on you guys. When you hear that, if someone approached you like that, what would your answer be? I've had had it happen at a much smaller level, but I've had young people who really just wanted that sort of thing. And, and it, it comes across very well because you put yourself in their shoes when you were that age or when you were in that spot. Mm-hmm. Michael? Yeah, exactly. Uh, anybody ever presents that kind of scenario to me, I want to give them that time because I know that they'll actually do something with the time that I'm going to give them. I, I think that's the thing that is so, so important that most people forget about. I can't tell you the number of times in the past where I have given advice or I have supported somebody and never heard how it went, never heard what you know what ended up happening. And it's always the people who they take action, they come back to me, they tell me how it goes. Those are the people I stay in touch with, you know? So so I'll answer your initial question, then I'm going to take you to that next step. The answer is, what's the thing that I did that was most effective? I was vulnerable. Yeah. I dropped my ego and I legitimately shared, number one, a sincere thank you for whatever they just did, even if I'm just hearing about them for the first time, and then getting really vulnerable about why I'm I'm asking for something. Now, you just said something that was so important because you fast forward. Dave was one of my closest mentors for a period of years. It's part of the reason that I was able to navigate that transition to, to start this company with Gary and Jay. I at one point asked Dave, why in the world are you still meeting with me? And he said, because you give me a, an excellent return on my investment. Mm. I said, excuse me? He said, well, when you invest money in the stock market, if it goes up, are you going to invest again? I said, yeah, probably. He said, if you invest in real estate and you make a lot of money, you can invest in more real estate? I said, yeah. He goes, exactly. But more valuable than money is time. And when you ask for my most valuable resource, my time, and I give it to you, I give you my wisdom, my counsel, my suggestions, you go and you take action. Most people don't. You actually took action and then you did the important thing, which you just shared, Michael. You circled back and you shared the success with me. You told me what happened and you asked for help again. I made an investment. You gave me a return and you asked me to invest again. Am I going to invest again? I said, yes. He said, as long as you continue to give me a return, I will continue to invest. I love that. So, so important. 
Yeah, if you're if you're listening to this right now, that's that's something you should sort of dial it back and <laughs> listen to it again, and just make sure that you're doing that piece because it is so, so so important. As you start to grow in the business world and you start to get to know really, really higher level, higher level people, the number of people who now start to just come your way gets significantly larger and you have a limit in regards to what types of people you can invest in, how much time you can really invest. So what I would love to hear is how have you, especially now in the position that you're in, because I am certain that there are people that reach out to you just because of the people that you know. I, I, I am certain that that probably happens in some capacity. So how are you curating? How are you weeding the, this out so that you know where to invest your time, especially now that you've hit this this level where you're getting a lot more of an inflow and you can't say yes to everybody? Yeah, well, it's so interesting. When I was first starting, I literally said yes to everybody because I just wanted to form connections. But like you said, as uh, I started to grow my businesses and my time became more valuable, I had to learn to say no. I learned... The, the methods that I used is something that I learned from a mentor. And this is a guy who ran a very large company, the busiest, one of the busiest human beings I've ever met in my life. Yet every time he's on stage, he point blank says, let me know how I can help you. I'm going to hang around. I'll talk with anybody who wants to come and talk. And the line stacks up. And one by one, people come up and they ask for his help. They ask if they can take him to coffee to pick his brain. They ask for reviewing on his business plan. They ask for connections. I said, how are you doing this? He said, it's easy. I just look for the people who have bloody knuckles. I said, excuse me. He goes, I look for the people who have been bumping up against their ceiling of achievement for so long that their knuckles are bloody. I said, okay, great visual. Not as hungry as I was before I asked you the question. So how do you tell who has the bloody knuckles? He said, easy. I give them a test. He said, Jeff, when you asked me to meet with you, what did I say? I said, you asked me to meet with you at 6.45 a.m. on a Sunday at a Starbucks. He said, and what did you do? I said, I showed up at 6.40 a.m. on a Sunday at a Starbucks. <laughs> I said, exactly. I gave you a test. He goes, sometimes I tell people to send me their business plan. I could tell you to bring me your left shoe. 90% of the people will fall off immediately. So when people reach out asking for something of me, if they are going to ask for my most valuable resource, my time, I immediately turn the table and ask for an escalation of commitment on their end. I ask them to do something. Most of the people go away. I'm about to ask a dumb question. <laughs> no dumb questions. Why? I mean, I know that's a great way to turn people down, right? But why is he so interested in getting to those people with the bloody knuckles? What is the why? Well, it, I have a unique perspective now that I've been getting mentored by Gary Keller. He has this thing he has taught called Empire Builders, which was like his 13 steps to building a billion dollar company. Eh, you know, decent class. <laughs> um, it comes down to bringing talent into your world. And you don't just want average players. You want all stars. Right. You want empire builders. You want people who are destined to build an empire on their own. They just don't know it yet. And if you can bring those people, the LeBron James into your world, you can have everything you can possibly ever want. And the highest form of success is succeeding through others, right? So we already talked about it. You only have so much time. 
And the number one way to get that that you 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 said it, Michael. The key was that you not only gave them counsel, but they took action. How can you right off the bat filter if they're the type of person who's going to take action? Give them something to do because otherwise you're guaranteeing yourself a bad ROI on the investment of your time. It, it's funny because um, sometimes, you know, Roderick and I were both comic book fans growing up and I sometimes frame our relationship on this show as he's Superman and I'm Bizarro. You know, I sometimes have the twisted bizarro approach to uh, in my business, and I'm writing a book on this, um, study the concept of hype. And I don't think of hype as a negative thing. It's this idea that there are certain principles that move people in a certain direction and get them excited about things that they wouldn't normally be excitable about. One, uh, about. And one of the principles that I've pinpointed that all hype masters use from Andy Warhol to some of the more evil people you can think of to Martin Luther King, they always have the right click or in crowd. And it's not so much that they're transacting with other people, but you see it today, you know, Ryan holiday, who's big in the podcasting world. He's friends with James Altucher, Tim Ferriss, Tucker Max. And it's not so much that they transact, but that's the pool they swim in. So they always get stuff done together. And I think that's what you're saying about, surround yourself with five people. It's it's being in that clique, being in that in crowd of talent. Well, and I think this is where the idea of the one thing really comes into play. The surprisingly simple truth behind extraordinary results is not that you do everything. It's that you look at all the things that you could do and you narrow your focus down to the one thing that you should do uh-huh. and you do it first. And this applies to every area of your life, including relationships. When it comes to you only have so much time that you can invest, are you going to invest at shotgun approach in whoever approaches? Or are you going to identify strategically the relationships that will provide the most value to you, not only in terms of return, but just depth, meaning, and focus your attention there first? What I love about what you're pointing out is it actually ties all the way back to the very beginning of your story. Because when you did the search, you didn't just do the search for real estate investors and try to find a conference that was, you know, miles and miles away or or read a bunch of random articles. You did a search for real estate investment gatherings within your exact area. And that's something I the number of people who don't drill down in regards to, okay, you want to work with this type of person. I mean, the number of people I've met who say, oh, I work with six and seven figure entrepreneurs. Well, it's like, well, what do you do for them? Like, what is that, you know, what is that process? I think that there's so much power in specificity. I often tell people that ambiguity is kryptonite to a connector. If you, if you're not, if you're too broad with me, I can't help you. I'm just like, I don't know what to, I don't know what to do. So I love the fact that you've, you know, really dug into that specificity. I'm curious, where do you go from here? You've, you know, you've had a very, very fast trajectory that a lot of people are listening to and saying, wow, this is really, really incredible. But my guess is that this is only the, you know, one step on the, on the journey for you. So I'd love to hear where do you go from here now that you've kind of hit this, hit this very, very interesting place. You have found that one thing. What comes next? Well, and this is what's kind of interesting because to give people a sense of time from start to where we are today, we're talking about just two years. 
from like, oh crap, need to do something different to now running the company and partners with Gary and Jay, that's two years. The action that I took, the one thing that I had made a habit, which was a specific action done repeatedly, was I constantly was looking to connect with people and add value to them. Every single day, just looking to add value in every interaction. That's simple. I did that. That's, that's what happened here. What's been interesting is the moment that I, I launched this company over the last year, I've never been so busy, never had so much challenges, so many challenges with my time to the point where I'm having to bring in a virtual assistant, now a full-time executive assistant, like have a team under me to handle this, like to handle my email and everything. I lost my way when it came to proactively reaching out to people to not only start new relationships, but to nurture my existing relationships. I just, it wasn't my one thing. But now I've realized uh, I'm, I'm paying the toll of getting away from that one thing. Because if I want to scale this into the type of company that we want, for me to be the CEO that I need to be, I have to be a magnet for talent. So I asked the focusing question of the book, what's the one thing I can do such that by doing it, everything else is easier or unnecessary. And I just, I have to get back to the basics of what got me here every single day. If it's just reaching out to one person, trying to add value. If I continue to do that, I'll have all the talent in the world that we need to do everything we want to do. So that's another thing about this that's interesting to me is the speed with which you've done so versus the way you got there. So, you know, when, when, when you think about people who have done things quickly, you think about scale, you think about people who, I don't know, start a call center so that they can hire a hundred people and grow their sales results by a factor of a hundred. And what I'm hearing from you is you have, you have done an approach, which by its very nature seems slow. It's about, you know, seems being the optimal word, you know, you're not expecting for something immediately in return. As Michael Roderick always says, the universe is on its, you know, its own timeline. It takes time to build relationships. That said, you know, you have had a remarkably fast growth. I don't know many entrepreneurs who have said, I'm going to do something different and then worked really, really hard for two years and got to where you are. That's, I, I certainly didn't, you know? So what's the story there? I mean, that's, and it could just be that you're, you're really great at what you do, you know, but, but what can we learn? Yeah. I, I, I was literally having this conversation last night with Jay Papazan, my partner who, who co-authored the one thing we're trying to identify what people's biggest challenges are around time. And one of the things that we said is a disconnect between short term and long term. People take action and they want results instantly. They, they, they can only see so far. You know, you can only see as far as the headlights will guide you in the dark. What Gary has taught us is, no, you don't start there. You go way out. You, like Stephen Covey said, begin with the end in mind and identify where you want to be and work backwards. Because if you look at your life, you can look backwards and see all the steps that got you to where you are today. And it is a straight line. The challenge about looking forward is that you see all of these avenues and you don't know which way to go. So leverage what you did looking backwards where you see a destination that's in the past in the straight line there. Now project to that destination in the future. Where do you want to be? And what's the one thing you need to do such that by doing it will make everything else easier and necessary when it comes to arriving at that destination? And I think when, when you just begin with the end in mind and work backwards all, and you narrow it down to an action that you make a habit, just focus on that. Just focus on the action. Very cool. I love that. I think very, very often 
what happens with a lot of people who struggle in regards to relationship building is that they haven't answered the most important question at the very beginning of it, which is what do you actually want? Like what is the what is the thing that you're really that you're really after? And I, I can't tell you the number of people that I've met when you talk to them about the fact that they want to meet somebody. They say, "Oh, can you introduce me to this person?" And you and you bring it back to them and you say, "What would you like to talk to them about?" The the number of times you get you know, well, I just want to pick their brain or I just love to just love to hang out with them and like you know all this stuff and they haven't really thought about what it is that they what it is that they want and I. I think what you've done is you've done a great job for yourself of really identifying what it is that you want and and making that a filter for your for your opportunities for the things that come your way. Have you for yourself developed any kind of system that helps you basically do maybe a litmus test for yourself on projects in regards to is it something that you want versus is it something that maybe other people are making you think you want or or isn't really necessarily true to you? Yeah, we're we're working through that right now with some of our clients for the one thing. A lot of people cast goals based on what they think their goals should be because of what society tells them or what certain relationships and parents, the priorities that have been in, enforced on them. But very rarely do people stop and ask what actually matters to me. And And we have a process called goal setting to the now that I've been learning and working through. But just to wave the magic wand and project into the future someday. What matters to me spiritually? What matters to me when it comes to my health? What matters to me when it comes to my relationships, my job, my business, my finances? Is any of that important to me? But to, to cast that vision out there and then ask this, this, the question, is what I am doing today going to get me closer to my goal or further away? And, and it's, it's a really good litmus test when you just begin with that end in mind. How did you develop the sense to know when it's time to find the right commercial opportunities in the midst of all this. In other words, we, we skipped a, a, kind of a piece of your story. You went from the sales job to the real estate investing, did well, well there. But then you decided at some point you were going to go into podcasting and then that did well and then and made you money, which a lot of people don't do through podcasting. And then from there, you moved on to this relationship, you know, with the author of a very famous business book and founder of a very big company. How have you gone from, I'm going to provide value and do that every day to once in a while that commercial opportunity comes up? When do you know that it's time to jump on that and how does it turn into well, and I, and what I think we're all and, trying to make happen, which is goal achievement, money, whatever? Right. Well, I'll, I'll reclassify. I knew that I needed to upgrade my five. Very quickly, it was apparent to me that the most successful, most most connected people showed up looking to give instead of looking to get. They were people who provided value. And I asked the question, what do I have? All right, I've got now somewhat of a Rolodex. How can I provide value? I launched the Mentee Podcast as a way to provide value. Got it. I focused on doing the podcast and providing value. I wasn't interested in selling. I wasn't interested in bringing on advertisers right away. I focused on adding value. And it was because I added value that all the opportunities came to monetize that, you know, the real estate ended up happening. Then I, you know, it opens the door to interview Jay for the one thing, just like you, you said, I started this podcast so I could pick people's brain. I started the podcast as a networking tool. Right. Right. So that I would have a, a way to approach people that I didn't perceive possible to get in front of and be able to bring value to them. So you're hearing the, the one thing, value. 
Then I get into a relationship with Gary and Jane. I'm doing the same thing. Value, value, value. Now there's tons of opportunities that come my way, but now that I'm getting mentored by the guys who wrote the book on it, it's really clear if it's my one thing or not. It just, my first interaction with Gary Keller shocked me because we're sitting in a room with the top 20 real estate agents in the world. And I hear Gary say, my one thing is you. My one thing is making sure that I'm giving every you everything you need to possibly be successful and I view everything else as a threat. Right, yeah. That makes and sense. I'm going, huh, yeah. I just moved my family across country and I'm the threat. <laughs> right? So wow. it just, when you get really clear on where you're going, it becomes easy to say yes and no to everything else. You just got to, you got to narrow the focus. So we are getting close to time, but one thing that I want to dig into, because I think not enough people dig into this, is the idea of everybody talks about adding value, but not everybody can actually do it well. So how do you sort of quantify this idea of adding value? What do you see are ways that people legitimately add value versus ways that people, I think that there are people, they think they're adding value, but they're not actually doing it. And there's issues there. So I'd love to hear, how do you break that down for yourself? So I think you have to, most people, when they think of adding value, you said the word earlier, transaction, they view it like a transaction. You need help, I give it to you instantly. That, that, that's just a broken model. You're not going to be able to help everyone. So part of this is, is detaching yourself from the outcome of instantly being able to deliver. You can't do that. If you show up as the person, though, who is genuinely curious about where people need help most and you, gosh, maybe ask them, <laughs> not like, <laughs> how can I help you? Because some people go, I don't know. How can you help me? But like, Michael, out of everything you're working on right now, where are you struggling most right now? What's that thing you need help with most right now? You will have an answer for that. Now, when you share that with, actually, tell me that answer. We're going to role play this live. <laughs> so I would say probably managing being a new dad while trying to sort of stay on top of everything, everything else. That's okay. usually the biggest challenge that pops up. Welcome awesome. to my nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> okay, awesome. So th this is going to be such a good interaction. I asked Michael, where does he need help most right now? Out of everything he's working on, what is that thing he needs help most? And he's saying, I'm really struggling with being a new dad and still doing everything else that needs to be done with the business. All right, in that moment, something happened in my mind and it probably happened in yours. A series of questions were asked. Number one, am I that person? To an extent, I am. Am I the most qualified person? No, but we're not going to say that I'm the guy. But he may not have known that I could have been that person to help him. Let's assume that I'm not. I immediately thought, do I know anyone who fits that mold? In this case, I do. I think you need to interview my partner, Jay. Hmm. Because Jay is probably the most exceptional human being I have ever met. And I have never seen anybody who has been so successful in business while putting family first. Hmm. That's fascinating. Very cool. Yeah. So remind me to make that connection. So for yeah. people who are listening, I would have never known that that's what Michael needed help with. I happen to have the connection for him. This is where the power of being a super connector is because the moment that connection is made, the value is, is infinite. Let's say I don't know Jay. What Michael did is he planted a seed in my mind. We meet new people every single day and... There may come the time when you meet that person who has not only been able to thrive in business, but able, been able to thrive with their family as a dad or as a mom. And in the moment that you realize that person, there's a chance that a light bulb goes off in your head and you go, oh, wait, Michael was looking for that person. And you consider making that connection. 
Sound if that sounds airy fairy to you, it happens all the time. No, it doesn't at all. Yeah. Right. Or the fourth option is nothing happens. And what did you lose by asking the question? Yeah. Nothing. You do that at if you look just to do that on a one-on-one. Again, don't look at it as a transaction. How can you be the type of person who shows up in the world constantly seeking where people need help and just trying to add value? Because you will start making those connections and then you suddenly start delivering value. And then you're the person that everyone's happy to hear from when the phone rings. Uh-huh. Yep. Well, listen, it, it, this has been fantastic and it's a special time and a very special episode. It's something that we do in every episode and it's called... So, Jeff, as you know, the name of the show is called Access to Anyone. So the question that we ask every single guest is if you could have access to anyone, if you could sit down with anybody, get a chance to chat with them, who would that person be? They have to be living. Okay. This question was asked at, at a dinner that I went to the other night. And as it went around the room, you know, somebody shared Elon Musk, which I went, yes, Elon Musk, because just his ability to think big. And then it shifted to Richard Branson because, wow, the ability to have fun while build so many successful companies. I was like, yeah, it's Branson. And then they're like Zuckerberg because look at what the guy has built in social is the future. I'm going, it's Zuckerberg. <laughs> and, then it got, and then it got to me. And kind of like in that moment where I approached Dave for the first time and everything just melted away, I, I, I just dropped my ego and the words just came out of me. And I said, I know they're living and I don't even know their name. I don't know their face and I don't know where they are, but I know they exist. And that person that I am looking for, that I desperately need time with, is that person who has not only been able to thrive in business, but has been able to achieve a state of mental peace and clarity. You know, that that blend of Eastern with Western. You know, mm. you, you mentioned meditation at the beginning. It's becoming much more trendy and mainstream to meditate. But in American culture, the, this this work, work, work mentality is going to go away. We are going to look up at some point and look at the other cultures around the world and say, maybe they were the ones who had it right all along. To find that mentor who can not only show me how to thrive as an executive, but and and thrive as a father and in my relationships, but to thrive as a human, Hmm. to be happy every day. That's the person. So if anyone out there knows Phil Jackson, send them (laughs) our way. (laughs) No, that's a great answer. We have never heard anybody give such a specific answer that wasn't an actual person. That's really unique and and, uh, also very genuine. That's very cool. So you guys heard it first. If you know anyone who fits that bill, send them our way and we will send them your way, Jeff. And it has been an absolute pleasure talking to you. Well, there you have it. My conversation with Michael and Michael from the Access to Anyone podcast. Uh, I hope this is, that this added value to you. And, and honestly, uh, we try to... We listen very deeply to what you need. Um, we're not just thought leaders we're practice leaders. That means that when we teach something, we also walk the talk. And part of that is 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 listening very deeply to you. When a certain number of founding members in a very short period of time said, how do I find a mentor? How do I form relationships with people? What do I say to these people? How do I get them to be interested in me? Like that just over and over and over again, the same questions popped up. I knew it was only a matter of time before we had to create 
a podcast episode for you. And, and I'm sure that this is even going to end up becoming part of the membership platform to an extent because point blank, you're asking for it. So we are listening to you. We are listening for your challenges and trying to do everything that we can to serve you to make sure that you get results. That's why we do this podcast. Uh, if you are interested in getting on the waitlist for our membership, it's text the word founder to the number 33444, or you can go to the one thing.com slash membership and you can get on the waitlist there. At this time, we're probably going to open the doors late July. And it's only going to be open for a few weeks because we want to get the right people on the bus. We'll close the doors down. And then we got to really build the systems around and make sure we can serve those people at the at the highest capacity and at the level that they deserve. And then later in the year, we'll open it up again. But trust me, you want to be a part of this. So hopefully this added value to you. Um, big call to action. Can you today in just one conversation, just one interaction, approach with the intention of being more interested in them than trying to get them to think that you're interesting? Can you approach with a sincere and genuine curiosity about where they need help and if you can possibly help them? Whether that be you helping them directly, whether that be you connecting them to somebody in your Rolodex. And if you can't, can you say, you know what? I'm not the person. I don't know the person. Can I scout for you? And watch what happens, the expression that comes over their face. <laughs> when, when you start doing this at scale, and you're going to remember me saying this, when you start approaching people with a genuine curiosity about where they need help and you ask them, what are you working on? How can I help you right now? And the moment that the first person looks at you and goes, huh, great question. I want you to think of this because it happens all the time. And I just, I continue to smile because it happens like clockwork. That's when you know you're doing something right. So get out there, take action, add value. Know that we appreciate you. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. If you have not subscribed yet, let's make this thing official. Subscribe to the show so all future episodes are downloaded to your device automatically. And if you have not left us a rating or a review yet, please do so. And please know that the highest form of flattery, the highest value that you can bring back to us from this show is to share it with someone that you know that needs to hear it. So thank you so much. And we will see you in the next episode. <laughs>